Arizona family. Very honored to be on here this morning. Um, very thankful for you, for God, for all he's done in my life. Um, a few weeks ago, Dan preached on the, the bride of Christ, and he said that um, the bride only receives seed from, from God. It doesn't hear any other. And I thought about that, and I said, Lord, please, I just want to hear your voice. I just want to accept your seed. And we went to the, the conference, the elders meeting, and it was so wonderful, so, so lovely, so it's so hard to explain the unity and the love and the sharing. And Annie said something about hearing my sheep hear my voice and they know me and another will they not follow. And she prayed and said, God, I want to hear your voice. Well, I heard you don't hear God's voice. I heard the complete opposite. So, um, the elders ministered and Brian told me that God was going to open my ears and give me a God consciousness. So we came home and I started thinking about Abigail, how that she was married to a wicked man, but that God killed her, him. And David asked her to be his wife. And I said, that's me. Satan has been my husband, but God's asking me to be his wife. And then I talked to Brian, and uh, Brian said, you have the Holy Ghost, but it needs to grow. Oh, and of course, my thought was, I have the Holy Ghost? Because the thoughts you think, the thoughts that you go through, what, what you do. I'm like, I have the Holy Ghost? There I was negative again. And um, then he asked me to give my testimony on Wednesday. And I gave my testimony on Wednesday night and I talked about Abigail. And, and Dan said, you know, somebody has excited me. I don't remember his words. And I thought, oh, that's me, you know. And he said, Connie. And he texted me after that Bible study. And he said, good testimony. And I said, well, you know, uh, I didn't say everything I wanted to say. I forgot I get hasty because... If you could see me right now, I have notes. Like when somebody takes a has to give a speech in high school, you have your, your notes. Well, I got my notes here, so I don't forget what I'm going to say. Yep. <laughs> so, so I texted Dan the next morning, and I said, Dan, I'm struggling. I'm having, I'm having a bad time. And he said, God has always, or the devil has always tried to get you from going ahead. But God has joined you to him, and you will overcome. So I just kept, he said, shout it from the mountaintops, what Brian told you. So I began thinking and thinking and thinking. And that Friday morning, Claudette, I heard your testimony from Sunday. And you said what God meant for good, Satan meant for evil. And I thought of all, all the times that I had taken what God meant for good, and I took it for evil. And the Lord brought to my remembrance when I was a little girl my mom taught me always expect the worst and I prayed and I said God please heal me of this and so Friday the elders wives were texting and stuff and um, Dawn told me that God was going to give me a testimony or heal me and give me a testimony and then Annie put for those who hear an ear to hear and of course, you know my, what my thought was. 
it started to go to you don't hear you don't have an ear to hear but something rose up and said god's wife only hears his seed and i said no i'm not gonna accept that and all of a sudden i heard heard the year of god little children and i knew that that um i knew the scripture but I didn't know the rest of it, and I can't look it up on my phone because I'm talking to you guys, but it talks about if somebody could look that up for me and read it, I would appreciate it. First John 4 and 4. You're looking it up, Michelle. Thank you. Oh, I can hear you much. I can hear you well, PK. Couldn't Good. hear earlier. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read it. This is Jacob. Ye oh, thank are, you, Jacob. You're welcome. Ye, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I just had to rejoice because it told me that God is in me. For the first time, I realized that God was in me, working in me, and that I am an overcomer because of that. And that he did answer my prayer. He did heal me. And I'm so thankful. And God gave me, I heard a long time ago, it said that I declare by the Spirit of God that my angel in heaven sees you as you are. And he knows who you are and cries, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I'm just thankful this morning. Very thankful. Hey, Michelle, your your testimony is helping more people than you think. Um, but you know what? That adversary always tries to come in and bring the negative, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Always trying to change that mind. But you said something very important. God healed you. And that's the thing that's important. God heals us from these wicked spirits and all these things that come to, you know, destroy us, make stumbling blocks. God heals us from those things. And uh, I tell you, God's doing a great work in you, so don't, don't ever let it stop because you are God's daughter. Yes, I'm very thankful, PK, very thankful for what God's doing in my life. Yeah, that's very good, Michelle, very good. We appreciate you helping us. for what God's doing and the unity that's coming into the woman, the women. And I have sisters. That's true. A lot of them, huh? Yep. So this is yep. going to be great stuff. But no, thank you, Michelle. We appreciate it very much. You're welcome. We got out of church late and I just, just hit the, the garage when you guys started. <laughs> hey, it's just perfect time for us. So we, we put you on first, so we want to make sure we heard you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And like I said, it's only because of God and what he's done and is doing in me. That is great. Appreciate you, Michelle. Love you, girl. Thank you. Love you, too. All righty. I hope somebody was blessed. I, I believe they were. Oh, man. Let's see here. Yeah, I had a lot of things on my my mind this morning, and uh, it's kind of amazing how all of it kind of gelled together. Michelle said a couple of things that were on my mind uh, concerning uh, what is actually going on now, and um, we may not perceive it as that, but I think... Uh, we have to perceive the healing of God. 
uh, talking about the healing. Uh, when you think of healing, what do you think of? What is it that you think of? Right. Yeah, the evil leaven. Um, the, the thing is, we concentrate so much about, um, let me go to this scripture here, because I think it's real important to, let me read something here, tell me what you think. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So then it says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. That To me, that's very powerful there. Um, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Why are they talking about salvation and hiding a multitude of sins and errors and all this stuff when it's talking about healing? You know, automatically our mind always goes to the things of healing something within this body. But let me tell you now, the healing that God is talking about is healing from the sin-sick soul. What he's actually trying to do is to heal you from those spirits that try to take residence in you, that try to stay in a place where they're constantly at, your, at the forefront of what you think. You heard Michelle say, when they would say something about, you know, well, yeah, I, I hear the words. She said, well, that's not me. I'm not hearing. It brings the negative in there. That's why her testimony is so important. Up on the hill there, some of the things that she was, she just said right out how she felt about how that wasn't her. She put herself outside of it. Sometimes we feel like God is not talking to us or because everybody else is doing something different that we're not part of it. But what God is saying is these things that come to you like that, this is what you need to be healed of. This is what, remember it talks about the error down here. How does that have to do with physical healing? God's talking about bringing you to a place where devils are cast out. Unclean spirits are overcome. All of these things. That's what makes us sick. That's the sickness that we have. Listen to this. This is something else God said about Israel a long time ago. Let's see if I can get it in here. It's Isaiah chapter 1. And some of the indictment is pretty bad about what God is saying here. And uh, let me go back here. Now listen to this. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord hath spoken, and I have nourished and brought up children. He says he's nourished and brought them up, right? And they have rebelled against me. I'm the one that took care of them, and they rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers. We've been talking about this seed. The seed that comes from God goes into the holy womb, and forthwith will come the Son of God. 
it'll be Christ. But what if it's a bad seed? It'll go into that womb. It'll change the woman it goes into. It'll actually change her. She can be a holy woman, but because she's received bad seed. Remember what Michelle was talking about? She said, I'm not going to give my seed to another. If it's a godly woman, the godly woman loves God, and God's not going to give his seed to another, it will go in and accomplish what it will. But what if you do receive seed of something else? Oh, yeah, we know there's other seed. Uh, they came to Jesus and said, well, there are tares growing here among the things, the wheat that you put down here. He said, how can that be if you sowed wheat? And he said, an enemy hath done this. So it shows that a seed, the earth can receive a seed other than what God put in it. Now think about this. The heavenly and celestial, that's going to be what promotes the seed, right? The earth is the womb, if you want to look at it that way. The earth is the womb. And what that earth receives is going to, you know, show what is going to be uh, manifested in it. So remember, the godly woman is always, and she doesn't change. She never changes. But what if the womb it goes into receives something other than the seed that's been brought forth? Then that's when you get disobedient children. That's when you get spirits that are not of God. That's when you get things that feign like they know God and really don't know God. And they use that to deceive you and so forth. These are all seeds that can go in and it changes the woman. Wasn't the woman that you read about in Revelation changed? After a while, she became the great whore, the great harlot, didn't she? She didn't start off that way, but after a while, all this stuff that was received, and then she got huge, didn't she? Sat on seven mountains, seven hills. Uh, the merchants at the seas, they, they bewailed because they couldn't trade with her anymore, you know? And why was that? God took a stone and cast it in the midst of the sea, and after one hour, she was destroyed, wasn't she? And, so, and then that's when they started wailing. I can't trade with her anymore. I can't do it. God said, I'm going to take care of this. We're not going to let the, the whore of Babylon continue to be in, in the midst of us. Believe it or not, that's in you. Those things are trying to grow in you. And they try to get huge in you. Remember I told you they start off diminutive? It's just like a little, small little thing that bothers you, and then after a while it turns into a molehill, doesn't it? It turns into something big. Well, this is the little G that we keep hearing so much about. But listen to the rest of this that God says about Israel. It says, ah, sinful nation of people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger and are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. Now listen to this next part. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Wow. What kind of body is that? It's full of sickness, full of weakness, putrefying sores. But guess what happened? You allowed it to happen. You allowed those things to come in. This sickness that we're talking about, God wants to heal us of this sickness. Just like you heard the testimony of Michelle. Heal her of that sickness, the way the thought worked, the way the mind worked at the time. Now, listen, I want you to hear something else here. Listen to this. Um, remember we read in James about the afflicted. Well, the afflicted are the ones that have uh, something going on them where it causes pain. Uh, what's another way of saying it? They're under great burdens. They're under great distress. That's what afflictions are. And so it talks about the afflicted being there, the burden and the distress. The disease is what? 
What do we know the disease is? It's vanity. The disease is vanity, isn't it? So we got sickness, affliction, diseases, like the, you know, the vanity. And God says something about these sicknesses. I want to show you something here. This is kind of neat. It talks about how Jesus came to heal certain things. Listen to this. And he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people all out of Judea and Jerusalem and from sea coast of Tyre and Sidon. So a lot of people there from different places which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits and they and they were healed and the whole multitude sought to touch him for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. So what did it concentrate on? It concentrated on unclean spirits. That's what it's putting together with the diseases. The vanity of the mind, the unclean spirits, and he was there to do what? Heal them all. The power of God was present. Man, we got to start thinking differently about what we think sickness is. The sickness and disease that we have to contend with is not allowing those spirits to come in and take up an abode in us. We're sick when that happens. Just like it says, the whole head is sick. Why the head? That's where our thoughts come from. That's where we think. And even when we say the whole head is sick, we're really talking about even that heart. huh? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. This is what happens. It's the heart of your thought is what God's trying to get to. And he's trying to heal that. Let me read you another one. This is cool. Um, it's Matthew 8.16. Look at how it puts this. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Gee, what is the healing? Casting out those spirits and healed all that were sick. Okay? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Well, what did he bear? Was he talking about bearing, uh, having diabetes? Was he talking about bearing kidney disease? Was he talking? He was bearing the sicknesses and infirmities of the spirit. He was bearing those unclean spirits. He was bearing those lies that come forth, those, those little devils that come to do you harm. He was bearing all of that. All of our infirmities, all of our weaknesses, all of our sicknesses. And once again, it says, what did he do? He did all of that, and he healed them. He cast them out and healed all that were sick. Not some, all. All of them that gathered from themselves, from all those places, he healed all of them that were sick. So what did God call sickness? Those unclean spirits. What did God call those diseases? The vanity, the thoughts of their minds. You see how this works? What did God call the disease? All of these things. Cast out spirits with his word. Let me read you another one. This is real cool, too. Mark 3. Listen to this. And he goeth up unto a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would. And they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. Now this is the setup. And to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. That was what he brought him up there for. The power to, to, to heal all of that and to cast out devils. That was the healing of sickness that he gave him power for. That was what the power was for, to heal those type of sicknesses and diseases. We, we concentrate on much and having comfort in this body. 
But what if I told you that even the things that come through our spirit sometimes doesn't allow the body to heal or even be right? You think about how a mind can be tormented or come to a point or have a sickness of a spirit to nothing on you feels good. I remember there was a, a scripture that talks about, um, see, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Uh, what are we dealing with a lot in this world? A lot of depression? A lot of anxiety? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You see how that works? Your very thoughts will be sick. What, what are they trying to cure you of? Your depressive thought. And man's trying to do it. He doesn't realize he's dealing with a spirit. So what do they do? They take medication to dumb you down so that you don't feel any of these things. And then they say you're cured because you don't at react the same way anymore. You stop that medicine, see how that spirit starts working in you again. It's going to be very quick, huh? We know because we've seen it in others. So they say, yeah, we got a cure. They don't have a cure for this. The only cure for the sickness and disease that we're facing, that the book of James talks about, that these other books are talking about, talking about the head being sick, the only way we can be healed is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. This is the sickness we have to contend with. And people say, well, what do you mean? There are other sicknesses. Yeah, they, let me tell you this. What about people, my mom used to say this all the time. She had cancer three different times. And she said, the Lord really blessed me. But she went through chemotherapy and radiation and stuff three separate times, usually about eight to nine years apart after they found each one of them, you know. And she went through it again. And when she was delivered of that, she would say, oh, the Lord really blessed. And so, but she went through so much anxiety and pain from being treated for the disease that when it came back a fourth time, she said, no, I don't want anything. You know, if, if it was the Lord that was doing all of this, but it wasn't, that's not what was doing it. That chemotherapy got so bad on her, she said, I would rather die than go through this a fourth time. She'd been through it three times. She, and I said, well, Mom, you said God was blessed you in the midst of all of this. And, healed. and she said, yeah, he did, but I just can't take it anymore. This is worse than what I would ever think. Is that God? Is that God? I used to think about that. She said, Lord, save me. He saved me. He healed me of cancer. She had a great testimony. But then when it would come back, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. She'd go into such a deep depression. Then, you know, they'd overcome that. And then it happened three times to her, nine years apart each time. They thought it was one of the weirdest cancers they ever had. But nine years apart, every nine years, it'd be back. That's weird, isn't it? But the way she thought about it, and then when they told her that next time it was going to be back again, she said, I don't want it. I can't, I can't even take any more chemotherapy. I can't take any more of this that you guys are doing to me. But remember, this is the Lord delivering her in each case, see? When God does a work, guys, I'm going to tell you this, it's going to be done. And, and even if we do have a sickness uh, in this physical body, here's the thing. You're going to have the sickness, and after it's done, whatever it is that's done with it, what are you going to have to do? Is that what's going to save you because they healed that physical sickness? But didn't it use the term save in James? It did, didn't it? It talked about even the elders being called and the oil and all of that. There's going to be oil in those lamps of the wise, those that have the wisdom and understanding of God. That's what God's talking about. He's talking about the sickness that causes us to lose our soul. The sicknesses we do in the body, even if we get healed from them, don't we still have to die? That's the thing. 
we still have to die. But what does it do toward the salvation of your soul? What does that do toward the salvation of your soul? I've heard great testimonies about people overcoming things, but the greatest one I heard is this. Whether God heals me of that in my body or not, doesn't make any difference. I want my relationship with God to be such, whether I live, I live unto God. Whether I die, I die unto God. That's the best testimony. Yeah, we all go through things in this world, and if we make it out of it, such a blessing. If we don't make it out of it, such a blessing if we know God. You see how that works? People say, okay, how can you say both will be a blessing? If you know God, it will be. If you don't know God, it won't be. It's as simple as that. It has to be a blessing of God because you know that thing that you endured and you went through, that was happening to a physical body. But man, if you can get that spiritual body healed and get the sickness and the disease out of that, you live forever. You have an eternity you're going to live. This is what's cool to me about all of this. So we have sicknesses and transgressions, all kinds of stuff. Uh, let's see, is it Matthew 9? Let me see what this says. I want to read one more to you. God's telling you what he's actually doing. I like this one. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy. Palsy is a type of paralysis. Lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Why did he go there? Think about what I'm saying, guys. There was some type of paralyzation in that spiritual realm, wasn't it? Thy sins be forgiven thee. Wait a minute. No, why didn't he say your body's healed now? You don't have to worry about palsy anymore. You're not going to be paralyzed anymore. That's not what he said. Listen to what it says here. Lying on the bed and Jesus seeing their faith, the faith of their friends in him, unto the sick of the palsy, son be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemeth. So they're not even concentrating on the healing either, are they? Look at this. This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth not to heal, but to forgive sins. That's what he said, huh? Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Isn't that powerful? So was there a manifestation they could see? Yes. But did Jesus know what the real thing was? Yes. Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And man, all those Pharisees, they jumped on it right away. This man blasphemeth. Well, they weren't worried about what he had just done for them, you know, see? But they didn't understand what type of healing took place. But Jesus told me, he said, is it better for me to say, forgive thy sins and take up thy bed and walk? Isn't it better? They know within themselves. They don't want to answer, but they knew within themselves. That's a better thing, isn't it? And that boy was healed from the, whatever paralyzed him in his things toward God, Jesus removed it. And he was able to take up his bed and walk. That's a very powerful thing. And he departed to his house. 
And when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. To do what? To heal the sinful soul. To heal that sickness that causes things to paralyze us and to bring us to a place where we can't serve God. That's what the real problem was. Paralyzed to where he couldn't serve God. But Jesus broke all that. And he said, you know what? Let's get rid of what the problem is. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Then he could take up his bed and walk, huh? Sometimes sin can paralyze us to be in a place where we're just going to rest right in it. We'll be in our bed. Have you seen people like that? They are comfortable with it. They move in it. Their place of healing, that, that bed, is not a place of healing, but a place of resorting to being comfortable with what they have. How many times have we had spirits that we got comfortable with? Many times. God's going to have to come and say, you know what? Your sins be forgiven. Take, get out of that bed. Take up that bed and walk. Let it be a different type of bed. You have power over the bed, the bed not having power over you. You see how this works? So this is the thing that God's been trying to show us. Our sicknesses are spiritual. They are much deeper than what we think. And what God wants to do, he wants to heal us. Those women up on that hill, what was it like, Mom? Wasn't a lot of things, their, their things in their minds were healed. They gave the testimony of overcoming the fears that they had and thinking that they weren't worthy of it and that they could never do these things. It wasn't of their physical body. It was healing that healed their very heart and thought. And I believe it's such a great thing. You got something you need to say on that? All of the women, each one yes. of them spoke of how God had been dealing with them before they each actually got up to the mountain. And I can say the same thing because he was dealing with me also. So uh, God knew what he was doing and, and what the end result was going to be, and it did happen, and it did come to pass. And what did Annie say when she was sitting there next to Dan? She said, I'm healed. I don't know what. <laughs> yes, she said it was like a fire burning. It's like a fire burning in me. She started with, yes, I'm healed. <laughs> it was good to see. Because that's not what I normally saw in her. And then it was good to see in Michelle, that's not what I normally saw in her. You see how it worked? Naomi, that's not what I normally saw in her. They changed. Something happened. It just went from woman to woman to woman. It was like a fire. And then when we had that other meeting outside, once again, it just went even deeper. And then we were talking that night. Brian asked some very good questions of all the women. Very good questions. I'm going to tell you one of them. One of them was, says, uh, uh, maybe two of them. One of them was, uh, he said, did you ever think you knew more than what your husband, than what your husband was wrong and what he was telling you concerning the word or that you knew more? And he said, raise your hands if you did that. Bunch of hands went up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did you ever think that this wasn't for you and that you were outside of the blessing of God? He said, I want you women to be honest. He, Brian told you, be honest. Did you ever think none of this was for you and you were outside of the, the word of God? Those hands started going up. He asked two more, but I'm not going to get into those. But it, it's very good. And he put them on the spot, and they had to answer truthfully. And when they answered, something was broken. Something was broken there. It was powerful. The honesty and coming forth to be healed, the things that were said, and then when they said it, and then the next thing you know, you could, there's just a bunch of talk. They were all going about what God had done in them. And then when we had the meeting the next day, even, once it just continued, 
all sitting outside in a big circle, every woman continuing in what the things God had revealed to her. It was such a, a great thing. And to know that that healing took place right in front of our eyes. The first one was in, in Dave's house, and we were all sitting around close in that living room. And to see it change, when I saw Ann change, her hair, <laughs> I said, whoa, what's going on here? And she said, I'm healed. I'm healed. I love my husband. I love this. And she just went off into, and she was talking about the things God had done for her. And here's something else that they, they remarked on, which I thought was important. Their mind had gone back to religion and how men had treated them in religion. That was a huge stumbling block to them until they opened up and said it. They said, I remember how I was treated. I remember how this, all of them went through something. Remember, all of us pastors went through some type of great tribulation to be where we're at. I'm talking about where people are supposed to be brothers were stabbing you in the back. They were trying to hurt your wife and your children. They were trying to do everything they could to stomp you out. Some of them, I believe, if they could have killed you and gotten away with it, that would have been done. I'm talking about at least in our situation, it was. They would have done that and they would have been happy. You know, that's the type of stuff that we went through. But it was, it was amazing how God brought us through all of that. And all of the, every one of those elders had to go through a tribulation like that. Uh, brought up on charges, I was, by my pastor. Guess what? Happened to Rick, too. Brought up on charges. He said, bro, that's why we're so, that's why we're brothers. We went through the same thing. Those things come up, try to kill you, kill your influence. Make you seem like you are the worst person on two feet. And yet you're the one loving God and looking for truth. And they're the ones that are so worried about keeping religious and religion in a lock over you. They, they're worried more about that than to find out the truth of God. So we stuck with it. Stuck with it. We stuck with it until God told me to go. And God spoke to me literally in my ear and said, go, just like Abraham. I didn't know where I was going, but he said, go. And we went. And guess what? We had to wander a while until God showed us where we were supposed to be. Very important. We didn't know where we were going, but we ended up in the right place, didn't we, Ma? It was a powerful thing when he told me to go. And I just, I'm just going to tell you guys, I asked people on either side of me, was it, did you say something to me? Did you say something to me? Whatever. It wasn't me. They didn't, they didn't hear anything. And then it happened three times. Go, and I asked them a second time. But it happened a second time. Then the third time, it was with power and authority I said go that was the third one and then i knew it was the voice of god whoa i busted out crying i didn't know what to do i just i realized it was the voice of god and he was telling me to go and man and then he turned around all of them looked at me said elder kenny are you okay i said no i'm not okay i am not and i had to get up and go into a little office to the side and i just kept crying i kept thanking god for speaking to me and telling me to go. He, I've been asking him to direct me and take me where I needed to go, and he literally spoke to me and said, go. And I didn't know where we were going, but I tell you what, we kept following what we thought was the Lord until he got, and guess what? God sent the deliverance to us, you know, to, to hear the message about certain things, and then we caught hold. Who was originally for? They disdained it and cast it aside. And when I heard that word, my ear opened up, the ear to hear. And I went to the place. I flew thousands of miles to get to that place so that I could hear it. And stayed up every night to 3 and 4 in the morning, four days straight, 
trying to hear this word. And man, it was such a powerful thing. And then to come back with the truth and to be in the truth ever since, what a testimony. That, that's never going to change in me. God brought me. He answered my prayers. He prayers over many years, Ceci, but he answered them and brought us to truth. And I said, oh, my God. Look at that. Man, we took a circuitous route. <laughs> it was different ways, but and that's what you have to do sometimes. Sometimes you have to fear certain things. Believe it or not, I got so afraid of not finding the truth that I continued in the truth. I said, you know, these other things, we'd, we'd go to something and be disappointed, wouldn't we, Ma? And I, I said, I, I, we can't stop here. We've got to keep going. I want to find the truth. And that's where, you know, so until we did it, and when we found the truth, what a blessing, what a blessing, what a blessing. And Claudia and I looked at each other, sitting on that couch in, in the house there. And I looked and I said, Mama, this is it. This is it. Years, 25, 30 years. I said, this is it. God finally answered our prayers. He healed us. He brought us to a place of healing and healed our very soul and our thoughts. It came to the point where I said, God, I just kept thanking God over and over and over again. I said, this is it. This is it. And God proved us, didn't he? There's a lot of proving. But all those evil things that we went through for all those years, God revealed to me right after we left. He said, those, you had to go through that. I thought about that, and I said, why did we have to go through that? And he said, you had to go through that because you're going to be tested. You're going to be proven as to whether or not you really want the truth or not. So, yeah, you endured a lot of things, a lot. Worse hurts in my life. But at the same time, God said, that's all. Said, Didn't my son go through the same thing? And I thought about it. I said, yeah. Mock, scorn, beaten, the whole thing. The whole thing. And so then I realized, that he said, you're going to do the same thing. I said, wow. So Rick told me this last time. He said, bro, I'm just going to tell you this. He said, you're, God's about ready to establish something in you. And it's going to be pretty big. So what you need to do is just get yourself prepared. Find out what God's going to do. But he's going to continue to heal you until everything he has prophesied for you will come to pass. Everything. And shortly after that, I had that dream about my angel stirring the waters. And I could see that serpent being mad. I agitated him, my, my angel did. And he was just swimming through the one, knocking things out of the way, breathing fire out of his nose and just knocking anything in his way. He just knocked it off to the side. And he was just trying to show his power and authority in those waters. But my angel was stirring those waters as, you know, look. And I looked down and I saw what he was doing. And he said, this is what you're going to overcome right here doesn't make any difference how big and braggadocious and whatever it is. I already knew. He gave it to me to know that's what's going to be overcome. And it will never have power over you again. Look at what he's doing. You've agitated him so much that he's sick. that He can't even keep himself straight. He's so mad. He's so vengeful. But he said, but be prepared. You're going to overcome him. God's showing you right now. That's why I'm stirring him up. He's stirring him up because he's going to come against me 
try to keep me from doing what I'm supposed to do. So is this the part of being proven? Once again, it's going to happen again. So am I ready to be proven? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Because what I want now is to overcome all the power of that thing and let's see him for what he really is. You know, he still thinks he has a lot of bluster in those waters, but I'm not in the waters. I'm with my angel above looking at him. And I'm going to keep agitating him until I have to face him each time for whatever it is. I'm going to be able to enter into that thing and come out unscathed and do what I have to do toward him. It's as simple as that. And we're going to overcome him all, everything that he's doing. So it's a good thing. God told me to be diligent in it. And I am going to be diligent in those things that he's showing me. So do you have to be proven? Don't be afraid of being proven, guys. That's what Michelle talked about a little bit. Don't be afraid of being proven. Dan talked about it. Don't be afraid because you are going to be proved. But how is that going to happen? These things have to come right up before you. You have to face them. Don't run. Don't be afraid. Face them and let God help you to overcome them. Okay? So what is sickness really? It's the sickness of the soul. It's that unrepentant soul that needs to be regenerated, isn't it? All those sicknesses, all those things of the spirit, these spirits trying to stop you from doing the will of God. Guess that's what the healing's for. That's why you anoint with oil, because that's the wisdom of God. So you're anointed with oil. Hmm. Your cup runneth. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell where? Forever. So are the enemies there? He anoints me in the presence of mine enemies. That's what they were showing me. In the presence of my enemies, I'm still going to be anointed. And that's how God's going to work it. So sickness, healing. We need to be healed, guys. Get that in your mind. We need to be healed from all of these things, these spirits coming against us. Unclean spirits. All devils. We need to be healed of those things. Only way to do it, turn toward Jesus. What did uh, Dan say? Join yourself to Jesus. Didn't he say that? That's what you're going to do. Join yourself to Jesus. Anybody have any questions for me? When you think of healing, think of it different from now on. Healing is of this inward man, the one that has a lot of stuff coming against him. But you're going to stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, and watch God overcome all those things. But you have to face them. They are going to come. They are going to come. You will be tried. So if you wonder why these thoughts, there is one more. Um, Where's that at? Ezekiel 38 and 10. Whoever gets that read, I think that's where it's at. Ezekiel 38 and 10. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass, that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwelled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having their bars nor gates. To take a spoil, to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, 
which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. So they got cattle and goods, all of that, huh? But he said, but as you're standing there, what's going to come into your mind? An evil thought. Did it say where it came from? As you're standing there, just an evil thought's going to come. Then you're going to try and go out and manifest that thing and try to take over the things that are there. It ain't going to work. God sees that you got that evil thought, but it comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? You'll take an evil thought. How many of times has that ever happened to any of us? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you take an evil thought. But it's telling you how that works. If you go back before that, you'll read about Gog and Magog and all kinds of stuff. But all of these are names for these authorities that try to come in and shape you and take you to another place. Don't let it shake you up. Realize, be aware. What did we say about being aware? Be aware. Be aware of your thought. You'll know it's evil. Be aware. And don't follow that thing. Very good stuff. 